Not long after school kids have rampaged through the briny cafe like a flock of hungry seagulls, Etty Brookbank sits down with a heavy sigh at one of the scarred picnic tables in the square outside. She's just returned from cleaning a house so filthy she'd seriously considered putting a match to it. She'd found used condoms at the bottom of a bed, a bathroom full of bloody tissues, and a kitchen strewn with dirty dishes and cooking pots burned beyond redemption. The house had always been a tip, but this was a new low. To top it all off, the owner, a divorced mother of three, had forgotten to leave out her pay, which meant Eddie would have to waste time chasing up the money and put off grocery shopping for a couple of days. For a while, she'd put aside her anger, telling herself she was lightening the load for a woman raising her children alone. Then she'd stop vacuuming midstream. Ah, oh, sod it, she thought. I'm out of here. The sun is now low in the sky as the steady pulse of Cook's Basin beats around her. In this sleepy offshore community, there are no roads or bridges, no cars, trains, no buses, or even bicycles. Just a cluster of dazzling blue bays with mouth-watering names. Oyster, kingfish, blue swimmer. For once, the beauty of her surroundings fails to soothe her, and Eddie feels worn out and anxious. Every time she looks into the future, all she sees are her options fast running out. She flexes her arm muscles. She is strong. Her blood still runs hot. She considers her nest eggs sitting tidily in the bank. The stash her mother left her wasn't much, but she's never, ever touched it. The numbers, five of them now, are fat with comfort. It means she can make choices. She reckons that's about as close to freedom as most people ever get. She could buy a ticket to Paris, find a tiny atelier to live in, and get a job in a pâtisserie. Learn to bake meltingly light croissants. Stir crème anglaise dotted with vanilla seeds and rich with egg yolks that hint at decadence, but feel light on the tongue. On her summer holidays, she could hitchhike from Paris to southwest France to make the 800-kilometre pilgrimage along the Compostelle de Saint-Jacques. First, all you can think about are the blisters on your feet. Next, you ditch everything from your backpack except a clean pair of knickers and your toothbrush. Finally, the rocks begin to sing to you. She wants to hear rocks singing. She wants to burn bridges, shout from mountaintops. She wants to lie on a remote, sun-struck island dotted with whitewashed houses in fields smelling sweetly of thyme, oregano, and rosemary. She wants a man 20 years her junior to read her from the Iliad, in between afternoons of wild or, even better, languid sex. She yearns to drink absinthe and live every moment like it is her last. The years are being swallowed so fast, she thinks. How long before it is too late? She tells herself there is no reason she can't do any of this, except that she is afraid. What would she become, she wonders, without her allegiances to friends, the Cook's Basin community and the landscape she loves so much? a drifter without purpose. Skimming, floating, flailing above the surface, hardly even there. She is 55 years old. Her youth was so long ago she barely remembers it. Her future, if she is lucky enough to escape illness or accident, is old age. Nothing can change that simple fact. She is also painfully aware she doesn't have an inner to live dangerously. Eddie resides in a rented timber cottage at the top of the gut-busting steep side of Cutter Island which rears out of the sea at the mouth of the bays, like an upended ice cream cone. Every day, as she tackles the 200 steps to her home, she tries not to resent the triple-decker waterfront houses with 
fold-away glass walls and private jetties. The ritzy boat sheds kitted out with soft white sofas, draped fishing nets, and an extra fridge to take care of the booze in the summer holidays. The sleek commuter boats with powerful growling engines and taut biminis to keep the rain off. And truthfully, she doesn't begrudge anyone good fortune. It's just that sometimes she's completely frazzled and doesn't know where she's going to find the stamina to lug her shopping from way down at the silvery public wharf to way up to her sky-blue door. She sighs. Ah, well. Clogs to clogs and three generations. Isn't that the old saying? No one gets a free run from beginning to end. Not in her experience, anyway. In the last light of day, she secures a dinghy and hoists her groceries over three equally tippy boats to reach the jetty.